0: and gentlemen boys and girls
1: welcome to another
0: episode of
1: the create podcast
0: starring tony nominated director
1: kristen hangy and starring <laughs> world traveler incredible actress
0: natalie roy Woo! love it when we brag about ourselves all day long. Um, Welcome, friends. We're so happy that you're here. We're so happy that you're giving us your ears today, wherever you are around this beautiful world, whatever you're doing. We are CREATE, which stands for Community Reclaiming Every Artist's True Expression. And we do believe that everyone is an artist, even you, (laughs) whoever you are,
1: wherever you are. You're an artist. You know you are. You're always thinking up things to do. You're always entertaining yourself with all your thoughts.
0: Man, I do think that the pandemic has shown us how much creative source energy is actually inside all of us. Absolutely. And how many resources are there, even when we think there are not resources? Absolutely. I, I think it's, it's kind of interesting because I know you and I basically quarantined together during the, the real crux of... So when this whole thing went down and it was really amazing to see how creative we got with like, what do we do now when the normal things you do aren't there anymore and what do we eat and how do we, Presented, And we, we started having like epic dinner parties together and we would get dressed up. So fancy, just the opportunity to be creative, right? Even if it's with hair and makeup and shoes and let's make a party. Let's find a way to celebrate. It is amazing to see how the creative spirit wants to continue itself. No matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, that's what it does. So, uh, Kristen and I, For those of you that listen to the podcast often, you know that we've been separated. (laughs) Separated. And I used my Canadian passport to get up to Canada to reunite with my love. And we were off in France and took our honeymoon in the south of France. And now we are back and we are in New York together. We are are reunited and it feels so good.
1: What does it feel like to be back in New York?
0: Um, It feels it feels lovely. It it does feel like I was gone for a long time, and I actually remember this. You told me once that as a musical theater director, you spent so much time living out of a suitcase and going from place to place, especially when Rock of Ages started going in like every country in the world. Yeah, and and I remember asking you at various times because you would be gone for sometimes three I, months I, at a time. Yeah. And I, I actually remember the last time last summer when we traveled together, Yeah, because you just booked job after job, after job, we were in France together and then you went to, I think LA and then Vancouver and then LA and then finally back to New York. Oh, right. I, and then Bali and then Bali and then back. So you were like not in your apartment.
1: Oh, for so long with,
0: with the same few clothes because you I was traveling to have the same cl-
1: suitcase forever ever and I remember I was priding myself on how little clothing I could have
0: yes did I just have that little you had suitcase? one like basically like a carry-on carry on for all that time and like a big purse uh-huh for literally six or eight months of travel I don't know how long you were that before. was kind of incredible that was insane but I remember you telling me once I said um and this was before this last trip, but at some point, cause we were traveling a lot together. I said, Kristen, does it, does it feel weird to you to have not been in your own apartment for so long? And you're like, I- I've never spent that long in one apartment. Like I'm always on the road. And it was a really interesting perspective to think, yeah, like home is just wherever you were. Like home was whatever show you were working on, mm-hmm. whatever place you were in, you, you brought your rituals and you brought your practices with you and you created Home wherever you were, and that was more your reality than having kind of a grounded place. And I remember thinking that was so foreign to me, and I was like, oh, I don't think I would ever be good at that. And it was really interesting coming back to New York this time was the first time I ever really felt that. That the past two and a half years, I've spent as much time in other places as I have in New York City. So it's been a really interesting thing of like, well, where is home? Yeah. You know, home's wherever I land in this moment.
1: And that's where having that daily
0: morning spiritual practice
1: creates that grounding from, I know my safety is inside of me. I know my home is inside of me. It doesn't matter where I go. But I do find something has been interesting for me in the in this pandemic, where I feel Mother Nature has been repairing my relationship mm-hmm. with roots mm-hmm. and saying hey it's okay we can stay in one place Mm. we can ground and there can be beauty in grounding let me show you how nice it can be and it's shown up in terms of let me take my shoes off every day and get my feet in the soil and let me meditate against a tree and let me feel like actual nature and that connection Mm. and what happens when I like really invest in my surroundings and where I am and Dive deep into details and think about staying somewhere for a second. Yeah. It's just never been my reality.
0: Yeah. And that's so interesting that that's always been my reality. And then all of a sudden finding myself in a place where no roots, no roots, just now it's here and now it's here and now there's this and now there's this and, and really uh, being in a lot of different places. But my constant for at least the time we were in the South of France for our honeymoon is I got the chance to be in water every day. Oh. I mean, it was like a little kid on Christmas to just go and jump into the Mediterranean Sea. And uh, that is kind of what I was inspired about to talk about on the podcast today is I had this really romantic day with the sea one day. And it actually came from my husband, Eddie. He was, we, we wanted to go and and where we were in Nice, the beach is largely rocks so most people wear water shoes or whatever but we were you know tough and we were just going to go for it but like it was really incredible that you're kind of standing on these rocks and you can't get your footing exactly and then the waves come up and then kind of throws you off even more so it's kind of impossible to get in the water elegantly. Like you're kind of crawling. Sometimes you're on your hands and knees crawling towards the water. Like there's no way. It's not like the, the, the French Riviera you think about. Like, graceful. Beautiful, graceful people with big sunglasses uh, and beautiful bathing suits. It's kind of like people caveman <sighs> crawling, trying to get in the water without getting salt water in your mouth. And, and what happened is this one day the waves were really big, like really big. And so It took me by surprise because I was kind of crawling and like on my butt, crawling in the water, trying to crawl down but the wave would come up and it was so strong. It would kind of take like your bathing suit bottom with you. You had to like really hold on <laughs> like, but it would come and it would take you towards the water. And so you had this feeling of like your bum scooting on the rocks uh. into the water. And then all of a sudden you're going out towards the ocean. And then the next wave would come and bounce you right back to shore. Aggressive. <laughs> and you were, it was very aggressive. You're kind of like a little pinball machine mm-hmm. moment. But what happened is we would finally get in the water and Eddie said, well, Natalie, you have to really navigate what the water is telling you and, and how the water is dancing with you. Mm. And so it became this really fun game that was drinking a lot of salt water and <laughs> going under a lot, trying to figure it out. But at some point you could get into this really beautiful rhythm with the waves where there was a real pattern There was a pattern in the absolute chaos of it. And so you would start to learn that, oh, when the wave came that looked like it was the really big one, the one right after it was the really big one. So you know not to panic or, you know, be too afraid of that wave. And then you would learn which waves made sense for you to just dive right in, like plug your nose and dive into the wave and which ones made sense to Bob up to the top and which ones made sense for you to just let it take you and which ones it made sense to turn in which direction. And, and so it was this really fun, incredibly athletic, (laughs) like our muscles were sore the next day of really learning to dance with this big presence, Mm. this big source And what it was just causing me to look at was where in my life do I get so focused on the one wave in front of me and how big it feels and what it's doing and what it's going to do to me that I lose sight that there's waves and waves and waves and the whole thing is this big dance. And so if I get too attached to one problem or one thing that I'm doing or the one thing that's just in front of me, I'm going to miss the fact that. There's this constant rhythm and this constant dance going on. And so it also just made me think, it's so easy to look at a problem that's ahead of you and think it's never going to change. Even if it's something like a pandemic that really seems like it's never going to change, that everything changes. And every problem that you're faced with, every grief that you feel, everything with time has its movement and has its rhythm and has its way. And so what I was really learning to navigate as we were just playfully swimming and trying not to lose my bathing suit bottom and like laughing hysterically because you're getting salt water up your nose and you look ridiculous. But what I was really learning to navigate is not my will, its will. Mm -hmm. And the greater it, that every time I tried to outsmart it, control it, do my own thing, I was underwater Mm. every time. I'm like, what's your way? What do you want from me? What are you asking for? Not only was I safe, but I was lifted. I was twirled. I was taken somewhere else. It was actually so magnificent to see that my way is so short sighted. Yeah. because the ocean is so vast it's been places i've never been it knows what to do and it knows what to do with me and even though i'm kind of this foreign object in it it's my job to surrender to its majesty and its wisdom and i just kept thinking if i could ask myself kind of like this year that you know my husband and i've been apart and it's been so hard you know with missing each other and the travel bans and the immigration bans and COVID. And, but now looking back, it's like, Oh, it all makes sense. It was all purposeful. If I'd only just not fought it so hard, if I'd only really just surrendered to like, this too has its dance. Yes, This too has its rhythm. And actually one of our amazing create friends and podcast listeners actually is an intuitive. And she, she reached out to me during like the height of, the quarantine and said like this this time apart is for a reason and she even like gave me journal prompts about ah! like really figuring out what it was and it was so useful to me but there was something about being in the water that put it all together for me of every job you don't get every relationship that doesn't work out everything that you you try so fervently to hold on to it's just another wave And there's always that opportunity to say your will, not mine. Yes. And how different you get to dance and play and relax when you know you don't have to figure it all out. Well, and that's the thing is
1: I think we take on more responsibility than is actually ours, thinking that we have to have the whole mastermind plan down as opposed to go with it and bring our best to what is occurring but realize there is a larger thing at play. So I've been doing these series of podcast interviews for my book, right? To do PR for my book, yeah. And, and in the process, I keep ha- telling my life story over mm. and over again. So actually, today, twice before this, I have told my life story twice. Oh my god! Which is hilarious because as I've been telling my story of like, well, this begat this project, and this went into this. And how often my projects uh, taking off or crashing have dovetailed with different relationships. Ah. And so just coming off of telling these stories, as I tell them in reverse, it makes perfect sense. The flow of all of it Mm. feels perfect. And it feels like this beautiful, masterful symphony But inside it, and Mm -hmm. part of the fun of telling it is, yeah, and in that moment, I was distraught. I thought my life was over. I didn't know what was happening. And then I got a phone call that said, we can get the rights to some 80s music, right? Yeah. And then, you know, the worst breakup of my life, and I don't know what's happening. And and I get a call that we're going to Broadway. And, you know, so these things, So the way that they like dovetail together, and the way that directing and spiritual teaching and all of these things have played back and forth and writing and what I learned about myself and what the projects are teaching me. All of it feels on purpose, especially the failures, Mm. especially the shows that lost money, especially the projects that fell into the ground. Like everything when, when you look at the bigger picture feels like, Oh yeah, of course. That, yes, that was the path. That was the plan. But inside of it, how, you know, I watch when I felt the sadness or the despair or the grief or felt like,
0: what am I doing wrong? Or how can I do this better? Yes. And well, did I do something to cause this mm-hmm. disaster? Like, was I not good enough? Did I make a mistake? Yes. And, you know,
1: recently I I did a post on Instagram about, you know, often when we have creative projects we project our value on how they perform just how when parents have children they project their value on how that child is in the world but that that child came with a path and it's it has nothing to do with the parent mm. right they came through them but they are not an extension of them and i believe the same thing about our creative projects they come through us and they know what they're doing they they have come to be our instructors they have to come to teach us how to live, and. They're, what they're here to do may be to create a collaboration, but the project's not meant to go anywhere, or it's come to teach us about patience, or it has come to be a project that creates billions of dollars on the planet and is in your life forever. You don't know. And the same thing is true with relationships. So I love what you're saying about really learning how to listen to what it was listen to what life wants and allow it to take us on the ride that we get to go on. And like when we trust it, when we can allow it and we can stay relaxed in it, uh, then we can really surf.
0: Yeah. And I, I've been thinking so much about this relationship with control, right? Because so much of, I think what I'm considering is how much does the amount you control, equal the amount of value you trust him mm. so if I really trust the value I don't have to control yeah. if I really yeah. am controlling it must mean I don't trust the value it oh. must mean I don't trust it it's worth oh. right so how often do I try to control other people's perception of me or do I try to control um how well something goes or, you know, even in relationships, when you do those things to try to control that the person doesn't leave you or whatever the case may be. Right. So when you think about these creative projects, trying to, trying to control every inch of its life and every inch of its process is, is pointing to the lack of belief in it when really it's the lack of belief in you because it came from you. Mm. And so you're, uh, associating it's, it's success with your own need for validation, as opposed to letting it have its own life because your project doesn't need to be validated. Your project's your project. Well, it's so funny.
1: You know, I got to watch my mom her whole life be this masterful teacher and to watch her with a student, I'll just hear her go. I trust you. mm -hmm. You know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. What are you curious about? she teaches by not teaching. Mm. She teaches by allowing the student to
0: find their way. Always. How you direct, right? How, I, how I've watched you. Direct. Yes. I've literally watched you. Um, well, in myself as an actor working with you, but I've also gotten to watch you work with other actors and just say, well, what do you think it is? Well, yeah. D- what's your instinct? Well, yeah. Try that. Yeah. You know what to do. And And being able to Create a space that holds space that all the genius in the room gets a voice.
1: Yes, and nothing engenders confidence more in individual than I trust you and you know your way. Yeah. You know what's your gut saying? And it's true, we have all this deep inner wisdom in us that knows. Yeah. So the more that we can reflect back, confidence in someone it causes them to trust that deep inner knowing which is really what we want we want that thing inside of them that knows yes which makes me think then about our creative projects we want them to we want those projects those those things that we're bringing onto the planet we want the inner wisdom within them to get to shine right which takes a deep listening to them one of the things, as you know, that I love to do is the 15 minutes a day rule of, in terms of writing. But I've also been, you know, working with a lot of my clients on just what if it happens if you get quiet for 15 minutes a day and listen to what it wants to do on the planet in terms of next steps. Mm. It knows, listen to it. Mm. What's the next thing? And, and just, if you listen, it will direct you. So instead of trying to go out into the world and create action, listen to the inherent action.
0: Mm, oh, that's so great. Because aren't we always trying to ask what's the next step as opposed to saying, oh, the next step already knows itself. So I just have to be the thing that doesn't get in the way of the next step occurring, <laughs> you know? That's it. Like the next step in and of itself is occurring. Yes. In, as long as I don't get in the way, as long as I don't stop the truck, right? That's right. It does make me think too when you were talking about your path and how in hindsight, it's so clear how everything was happening exactly as it should. And, but how in the moment there's, there's so much of that doubt and insecurity and thinking, surely this time is going to be different and it's never Mm going to end. And I know every time I've really been in it, I know that I've, I've literally looked in your eyes and said, Is it going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? (laughs) Uh And you're like, you're already okay. Like even in this, like this, this is how you are. Okay. And so I just think that it's so interesting how we want the one side of life we want the side of life that just feels good but it's in the it's in the sometimes the stuff that doesn't feel good that the deep okay the deep knowing of worth the deep knowing of value is actually cultivated right and so there's a often and, and this is one of my favorite things to talk about the, there's often the rejection of the parts that feel shameful that feel messy that don't feel good enough but it's only in embracing and considering and being curious about what those parts are that we actually deeply know our value.
1: Well, it's interesting when you talk about where the lack of trust of innate trust shows up and how you're saying it comes up in control for you. One of the things I've been having to bear witness in myself is, am I, have I been taking on too much my whole life Because I don't trust the thing that I care most about. Whoa. Right? So if I really trust what I love most, then that's enough. Mm. and I don't need any extra. And where have I been like, I'll do this project and this and this and this and this. And yes, I do have affection for them all. I wouldn't do anything I didn't care about. But it's because I'm not... Fully putting all my cards on red, or whatever it is. Yeah, I, I'm not a gambler, so I don't have any gambling <laughs> metaphors. But it, I, I've been thinking a lot about repairing toxic masculinity in the world. And you know, if we heal the world by healing ourselves, then how do I heal the wounded masculine in me? Mm-hmm. And then, so I've been thinking about how the masculine is here to serve what the heart loves most. Mm. So in my masculine energy, if I, which is my outward action in the world, if that is here to serve what my heart loves most, then it becomes very clean and very clear so that my masculine energy doesn't need a lot of lovers. Right. Like, and by that, I mean all these creative projects, all these mm. things to do, all these different places to put its energy. Mm. It just serves the heart. Mm. That's what it's here to do. It's here to serve and protect the heart. Wow. So that, like, in a way that becomes my contribution to healing my own masculine.
0: Beautiful. I love that so much. And, and it relates to that, that the project itself has its way and the ways communicated through the heart. So, in getting into deep listening in the heart, you're able to know how to direct that sacred place in you that's actually really good at taking action, really, really good at passion and ambition and uh, forward movement, but without having that guiding light, that true north of you know, this project, this person this moment in time, then you end up, there's this wonderful, uh, quote. I don't know if it's like a quote or a parable, but it says, uh, who chases two rabbits catches none. Yeah. And it's that idea that we all, and I catch myself doing this all the time. I, I so often have this, um, this, uh, lack of, um, surrender around time because I want to do everything. I literally want to come on this planet and be everyone and do everything and go to every country and have every experience and eat every food. And like, I, I have, um, anger almost (laughs) at life that like, I'm not going to have time to do every single thing I want to do. Like there's so much in me that wants to do everything that sometimes it is that thing of like, but wait, what's, what's the calling thing? Yeah right? I'm filled with desire, filled to the brim. but what's the calling? Yeah, you know? where's that heart? That heart calling. Yeah. And, you know Elizabeth Gilbert did this amazing talk recently on the difference between a job and a vocation. There, there was actually four different uh, delineations that she used, but the, the, the two that I'm speaking around are, you know that everyone has a job. You do your job, you do your job to get money, that's it. Like don't think about your job, just do your job. But the vocation, that's the thing that sometimes your vocation will be your job. Yay. Mm-hmm. that That's the thing you'll make money doing. Wonderful. But no matter what, you show up for your vocation. You show up for that calling. You show up for that thing that the universe is whispering to you and only you, that only you can do the way you do it. You show up for that with your heart. Maybe you get paid for it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you get famous doing it. Maybe you don't. But the kind of Dharma as we like to talk about it is how can I show up for that thing? And for me, it's almost like the thing is the waves yes. and how I show up for that thing is by playing in the water. I show up for that thing by getting in the water and like, sliding my bum down the rocks and just getting in the water one more day and saying what is it today and maybe the next day the waves are really still and the next day they're really active and the next day you know they're really whatever but it's like my job is just to show up and play in those waves as often as I can
1: yeah and if we think of those waves as you know connected to the ocean and that ocean is universal energy and it's flowing everywhere and we're all dancing in it and the same thing is true with what connects us all right with this in life force energy that communicates through our hearts that, that that shows up every day and gives us this information from within. Mm. So when we're in disconnection from our heart, it's like then we're not even getting in the water, Mm -mm. right? We're staying up there on the beach and we're like,
0: Oh yeah. And that kind of reminds me of like, you know, so much of, problem solving or so much of it's all in the mind, yeah. right? It's all like, if I was like really in my mind, I would never get in the water because it'd be like, I couldn't figure out the physics of how to get in it without getting my bum all wet <laughs> and dirty, you know? So it's like, you would never do it. You, yeah. you would sit and ruminate about it. I heard this thing. I think it was Abraham Hicks the other day. Um, but they said, uh, if thinking about something causes you pain, thinking about it for longer, isn't going to help. Oh, Right? that's so good. It's like if thinking about something is causing you pain or distress or whatever, then thinking about it more is not going to give you relief. That's right. It's like, okay, so what's the heart want? Because the heart isn't interested in sitting and ruminating about how to solve any problems right now. Yes. You know, the heart is interested in just what that, as you described so beautifully, like that sacred masculine. there at the ready waiting to take heart's direction. So we just got to get the message from the heart first. And the Mm -hmm. heart always knows, but we're often too busy in the mind trying to figure it all out and figure out every single step. I don't know how many... Time, someone has said to me, "Like I really want to be an actor, but I don't know. How, I don't know all the steps. It would take forever. I started too late. Is I'm too this. I'm too that. And it's like oh, but none of that is your business. None of that is up to you. And your desire, your dream to be an actor, isn't interested in any of that. Yes, yeah.
1: The heart knows what we came here to do and to be, and it's constantly communicating to us where to go, what to do. And if we could just trust it's enough. And it makes me think of these wounds that we get when we come into the world that where we think that we're not enough and that we're not doing enough. Mm -hmm. But really, a fundamental trust is broken. That what we love and what we crave and what we want to do, like, somehow is off limits. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if there's, like, one thing... I just want to heal on the planet. It's just to know that what is inside of us is for us, and we get it, and we're worthy of it. We don't even have to earn it
0: we don't we have just to have to show
1: it. up every day and listen to it.
0: Oh, I mean that is one thing that actually um being especially in uh like romance culture um you know like places like Italy and France, it is one thing that is so. Amazing for me is that they there's many people I speak to there that say, Wow, there, there's really something about that American dream mentality. Like, like you guys really do stuff, like you really make stuff, like there's it's really limitless feeling. Like, wow, that's really cool. But for every person who sees that, I'm looking at them being like, You guys live. Mm-hmm. You taste, you savor, you sense, you take five weeks off every year and go to the ocean, you drink wine and you're looking in the eyes of friends and you're not on your phones. And you're like, you live, you walk through the fresh lavender fields, you go to the vineyards and taste the wine. You, you, Eat the goat cheese, you do all the things and you do it every day. Like you have a baguette every day. That is living. (laughs) Right? So there's something in the in the otherness that's always gonna be impressive, right? Like if if you're really all the way on one side, you're always gonna look at the other thing and say, Wow, that's amazing. So it's really about looking in your own heart and say, What is the harmony for me? You know, what does it look like to dance in the waves? Because I may look at my friend over here who wants to pursue the same thing and they may be pursuing it a certain way. And I may think that's the path, but no, that's the path of that one project. That's the path of that one soul in this moment Yes, that has nothing to do with what my path is and that there's no teacher who can tell you what your path is. There's no guru who can tell you what your path is. There is no path. Yes. It's inside of you. There's a quote I love and I, Oh, uh, I don't know if it's Carl
1: Jung or Joseph Campbell but it's, it's the path of your life has not been, uh, there's no path there because no one's ever walked it before. Yeah. So you kind of can't look outside of yourself for answers. Yeah. Now, maybe there are people that kind of might have what you want and you kind of can look and be like, okay, success does leave clues. So what does that look like? But then you've got to check everything by the inside of you.
0: Yeah. It's like using any teacher podcast Mm -hmm. book as inspiration to go deeper. Yes. Right? As like, oh, that sparked something in me. That made me excited. That resonated. That moved something in me. Good, good, good. Go look there. Yes. I always feel like
1: your body knows truth when it hears it. Yes. And the reason I love to like listen to podcasts or read books is because my body will light up when I get truth. Yeah. Just this week I was listening to Rob Bell's podcast and he talked about the one thing this time is showing us is how malleable reality is and how life is asking us to participate in it because we can bend it. It's yeah. also bendy. So, you know watching someone come into power who might not have any uh, experience and seeing how much they can bend things. Uh And it it was almost like an invitation of like, go bend your life to what you want the world to look like to what you, we have power that we don't even realize we have. It's all so flexible.
0: I remember that moment thinking like during really like the height of the pandemic or what it felt like to me in my journey so far with it and feeling so hopeless and helpless in certain ways and feeling like, I, just, I don't see an end in sight. Like, I, I don't know if the green card process even, is even still happening. I, I don't, it's been four months. I don't know when or how we're going to see each other. I don't know how long is this going to last? Like what, what is, and it felt like there was no road. Like everything was a roadblock. And I remember talking to one of my friends and gurus and he said, I guarantee you, if you spend time with your inner child, then she'll tell you how it's going to open up. Yeah. And I was like, Go to hell Ah. with your motherfucking spiritual, whatever, like inner child. You know what I mean? Like we've all been talking about inner child since the eighties. Okay. Inner child manifestation. Okay. Okay. You know, and, and really feeling like I've already done all that work, dude. Like I don't want to, like I've been there, done that. That's like spirituality 101. Like look at all the judgment and like craziness and, but it was such the gift of desperation that made me go, okay, okay, I'll do more inner child work. Okay. And so I was really deep diving into shadow work, inner child work. And man, it it was so quick. <laughs> like really, it was so quick that, Oh, the Canada border opened. Oh, you can go there. Oh, you can do this. Oh, you and just one, like a domino mm-hmm. effect one after another, a way was made, a way was made, a way was made. And to the point where, Then all of a sudden our green card meeting was set and we called our lawyer and we said, what happened? And he said, I don't know what happened, but I know that I have over a hundred clients waiting and you're the only one who has a meeting. Oh, and it really was the, the unexplainable. It really was something Something shifted in terms of, as Rob was talking about, the bending, that you you can bend it. Yeah. But you don't bend it through force and will and control. You bend through openness, surrender, and healing. That's right. You let the wave take you. Yeah. Because you don't know where it's going to take you. It has its own way. And you go in to go out. Mm. Right? Keep coming back in
1: Mm. and then letting it take you somewhere. And go back in, and go back in, and then let it take you.
0: And you know what is really funny? I would love to share this—the very specific inner child meditation I did. Because we all think of inner child as like us as children, mm-hmm. and there was this kind of memory that popped up for me, and it was me in college. Like it was, it was little chubby, over-plucked eyebrows, Natalie, like the cutest, and. I saw her and I saw her, I saw this memory of me kind of like sitting in school and working really hard and writing up my notes perfectly and trying to get it all right. And I, I really didn't like her. Oh. Like I was really looking at her like, Oh, like that was when I was the worst that was when I had all this acne and I was so chubby Mm. and nobody liked me and I liked these boys and they didn't like me back Mm. and like I was really looking at her with like real judgment and disdain Mm. and and my um the the uh, teacher that I was working with was really working me through like we gotta really work through this judgment that you have for her like the and and they said well what does she feel and I was like, well, I don't care what she feels. I don't oh. want to go back there. I don't want to ever be that person again. And then it was almost like I saw an image of myself, that, that like 18-year-old Natalie look at me. Oh. And she said, I feel lonely. Oh. And it hit me like a ton of bricks of like, I, I Natalie, 2020, feel lonely. I feel separated from love. <gasps> because I've separated my love for her yeah I've judged her I have take I have taken my love away from her yes so what's manifesting in my reality is that love is taken from me yes and it hit me so hard and it was really just about sitting with her and being like you are worthy of love and I am so sorry I have withheld love from you and you are enough and I You do not have to live up to any standard to Mm. earn my love. And, and, and she was not having it. She's like, no, I don't want anything to do with you. You're mean, you're awful, you know? And it really took, I would say like three weeks of really trying to work with this energy in me, the energy in me that felt so judged and so not enough and so rejected. And finally, at some point her and I kind of reconciled and it was really like that. Mm. That it's like, oh, the border opened. Wow. And I do believe in the mystic and the magic and the, and the depth of that kind of work. Of just really saying, like, whatever is showing up now is something that's calling my attention. So that's why the stuff that we, we don't like or doesn't yeah. feel good is, is actually the stuff. Yeah. Like, that's the stuff. The wounds are, are where the wands are. You know that that's where we grow, and I I really know that it takes a deep bravery to to go into those places because we have to really look at the ways not only that maybe the world has victimized us or our family of origin, but how we have victimized and abandoned the parts of us that need us most. Yes, and that and right
1: in the middle of those wounds that are all it's the information that we need. Yeah, right. It's like that's where the stuff is that's going to activate our lives and and inside those wounds are the true gift that we have to give the community
0: yeah it's like the biggest waves the ones that you dive head first yes. into they look scary they look scary but man they take you the furthest that's exactly right yeah boom boom um so go play with some waves or go play with your heart or yeah. go play with your dream because it's got something for you
1: and we've newly revamped our website so we have a <gasps> whole page of free content so if you want to if, if you haven't been over to our website in a while it's cute yeah the create series.com and go to the page called free content and put in your email address. Even if we have it, you just put it in. It won't give you two newsletters, I promise. <laughs> I think we've worked those bugs out. But you, but there is a page full of free content for us, for you to enjoy and peruse and have a little more of us in your
0: life. Yeah. And if you're interested, we have a lot of juicy courses and mm-hmm. exciting content coming up for you. So uh, if you want more info on my classes, you can email me at natalielinroy at gmail.com. I have an acting class coming up, and I also have an amazing shadow workforce coming up.
1: Yeah. And you can go to, you can email Kristen Henge classes at gmail.com and hear all about the fun stuff that I'm cooking up cooking doocy, up in this doocy. 2020
0: man oh man um also
1: just a little disclaimer to everyone i have a new computer and i didn't know how to turn off all the alerts so <laughs> i apologize for the dings but maybe they just called you back to the present moment
0: and we also have a husband behind us cooking food so there's lots of little noises everywhere but that's what we do Uh huh. welcome to our
1: world <laughs> and thank you for letting us into yours
0: Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel
1: like we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet.
0: And if you liked this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, our online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com.
1: And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you Go to the Create Community page. That's C, period R, period E, period
0: A, period T, period E, period Community. And if you loved this podcast, why not share it with a friend?